difference of what you did. We rejoice and we worship you, God, because you are here. Holy Spirit, you are here and you are in every heart and in every life. And we worship you and we remember what you did for us, God. And we thank you. We give you all the praise and all the glory tonight. In Jesus' name, and the church said, amen, amen. You can give God some praise. So good to be in the house of the Lord with you tonight on this midweek service. I am excited to get to share the word with you tonight. My name is Allie, and it's something I never take for granted, never take lightly to get to share the word. And we're going to read from Jonah tonight. So we stay standing for the reading of the word, and we're reading from Jonah 1, verse 1. You can read along with me on the screen. It says, The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to leave to flee from the Lord. God, we pray that your word would speak to people tonight, God, that your word never returns void. So we thank you that whatever people need tonight, whatever you need to to speak to them, God, that you would do it, whether it comes from my voice or it comes from their friend next to them or it comes from anything tonight, God, that you spoke during worship, Lord. I thank you that you are filling us, encouraging us, and equipping us, God, to be the church, to grow the kingdom like you have called us to do. So we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, Bridge Church. Well, you may be seated in the presence of God. And as you can tell tonight, we're reading from the book of Jonah, and I'm going to speak to you guys on Jonah. And I think for some of us, you know, we think, oh man, I heard Jonah way back in Sunday school when I was a kid. I've heard the story. And a lot of us associate Jonah with Jonah and the whale, whale right? Jonah and the whale. And that's what we think about when we think about Jonah. And we may think, oh, I can't relate to Jonah. I can't relate to him. His, I've never been in the belly of a great fish. I've never been in the belly of a whale or I've never heard the audible voice of God and then ran in the opposite direction, right? And we think that we can't relate to Jonah, but I think honestly, a lot of us can relate to Jonah, that a lot of us have had a Jonah moment, if we say so, because we have heard God say something and we went in the opposite direction or we heard God speak something to us and we didn't feel like we could follow it or obey it or we feel like we are in a dark place. We feel like we are in the belly of a great fish. We feel like we're alone sometimes. We feel like it's dark or things are closing in and I think we've all been there, and I know that I've been there, that I've had those Jonah moments where I feel like Jonah, crying out to God saying, when are you going to spit me out? When are you going to get me out of this situation? And we've all probably felt that way. And for me, I'm just glad that God included Jonah in the Bible because Jonah had a lot of issues. Jonah had a lot of struggles. And I spoke on Jonah, I think, one, two years ago, and I spoke on the three emotional breakdowns that Jonah had because he had a lot of emotions and he had a lot of struggles. He had a lot of issues, right? He ran from God. He was mad at God. And 
he went through all these things. And I'm glad that God included him in the Bible because he wasn't perfect. He had his issues. And I know that I can stand here and say that I'm not perfect, but I've got issues, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got issues. And tell them back, say, and you've got issues too. We've all got issues. We're not perfect. And that's why I want to preach about Jonah tonight. I want to preach about something that you can relate to, that you can feel connected to. Not somebody who was perfect or had it all together, but the Jonah that messed up, that fell and that fell short and he ran from God, but he was still included in God's story. And God actually used him to lead one of the biggest revivals in history. God used him to do that and he wasn't perfect. So he ran from God. And the question I want to ask ourselves tonight is what are we running from? Because we're always running from something. We're always usually running to something. And sometimes we run to something that we shouldn't be going to. Or we're running away from something, running away from God when we should be running towards him. And tonight I want us to run towards God, to run towards his word. Because we can't keep running away from things. But God is calling us to run towards him. So some backstory to Jonah is that Jonah is a prophet. And he's a prophet to Israel. He wasn't a prophet to Nineveh, right? He was a prophet to Israel. Nineveh didn't have a temple. Nineveh didn't know about God. They didn't do sacrifices. They didn't have scripture. They knew nothing that Jonah knew. Jonah was called to Israel, not to Nineveh. He was the only prophet that was called to a country outside his own. He was called to go to these people and take the message from God. So word comes to him, and he comes to Jonah, and he says, go to Nineveh and preach, because I see the evil things that they're doing. And a lot of people can judge Jonah really harshly and say, he heard the audible voice of God, and he ran. But when you know how Nineveh was and the people of that time, it kind of gives you more perspective because Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And Assyria was in the eighth, 7th and 8th centuries BC. It was the great world power. It spit out countries left and right. Like it was known for its brutality. It was mean. They were cruel. They would kill people and they would cut their heads off and they would bury them and they would take their heads and they would make a pyramid of the heads just to know so when people came through that the Assyrians had been there. They were crazy. They were intense. They would cut off their prisoners' noses and ears so that they were forever known as a prisoner. And so they were cruel, right? They did all these awful things and they were known for their brutality and their cruelty. So when God calls Jonah to go there, I can imagine Jonah's probably not like, oh, I don't want to go, God. He's like, I'm probably going to die if I go to Nineveh. If I go there, I most likely will die because you want me to tell them that what they're doing is wrong, that what they're doing is evil. And we blame Jonah and we're so hard on him, but some of us, we're having a hard time telling the barista at Starbucks that she should come to church with us. And we're like, oh, no, no, I'm not Jonah. I'm not Jonah. But we are like Jonah. Jonah didn't want to go there. He didn't want to talk to them because he thought they didn't deserve God's love. 
He thought they deserved to be destroyed because they were mean and they were cruel. He was called to go serve his greatest enemy. They were his greatest enemy, and he was called to go there. So he ran away. He ran in the opposite direction, and he delayed his obedience. And how many know delayed obedience is still disobedience? Amen? He delayed it, and he goes to a port named Joppa. And he goes and he pays the fare, and when we run from God, we know it will always cost us something. So it costs him something to get there. And while studying the map, and I want to show you a picture of this because it's so crazy to see the port where Joppa was. It's where that little ship is, this point right here. This is where the port is, Joppa, that he went to. And this is where God was calling him to go, to Nineveh. God was calling him to go to Nineveh, and it was only 500 miles. But where he paid for the fare and where he went was Tarshish. He went 2,500 miles away. He took so much more effort and work to disobey God than he did to obey God. Some of us are working so much harder to disobey God when he's saying, it'll be so much easier if you just obey me. If you just do what I'm asking you to do. If you just know that I'm doing it out of love. If you know my heart, God is saying, because he's saying it's actually so much easier we need to use as much creativity as we use to disobey God, to obey him. And in that moment, Jonah probably didn't think that he was running from God. He probably thought, I'm being logical. I'm being practical. Those people don't deserve God's love. They don't deserve to be treated by his, with his mercy and forgiveness. And he probably thought that he was being logical, but it takes time to realize sometimes. And perception, it'll come with reflection. So when we reflect, then we can receive the perspective. Because Jonah probably didn't realize in that moment that he was running, right? But afterwards, he could see, oh, I did run from God. I ran. And then he gets at the port, and he boards the ship, and he's on the ship. And the storm comes. And the Bible says as you continue to read it, and I encourage you to go home and read it and, and ask God to speak to you as well as you read the whole story of Jonah. And so he goes on the ship and the storm comes. And often we blame storms on the devil. But the word said that God provided the storm, that God had the storm happen. And when we're in church for a long time, I think we sometimes give the devil too much credit and we put too much blame on him. And we say, oh man, the devil gave me a flat tire today. And we say these things, but really God is saying, no, I provided that. I brought that storm because God will bring things to interrupt us. God will bring things to grab our attention because he doesn't want us to stay in our complacency. He doesn't want us to stay comfortable. So he brought the storm because he doesn't want us to be content in that complacency. So he brought the storm, and the sailors on the boat, they realized that the storm wasn't because of what they had done, but it was actually because of the rebellious prophet that was now sleeping underneath their boat. Jonah went to sleep. The storm came, and the sailors were all freaking out, and they were worrying what to do. And they went to Jonah and he said, you need to throw me off the boat. Throw me off the boat because it's my fault. And some of us were, were going through a storm and it's not because of what we did, but it's because of who's on our boat. 
It may be because of the person that you've allowed into your life, the, the Jonah that it may not be on your boat, but Jonah may be in your phone. He may be in your phone. She may be in your phone that you keep going back to, that we keep running to. But God is saying, don't run to them. I'm calling you to run to me. I don't want you to go to them, but I want you to come to me. Amen. Amen. He's saying that boat and that storm is not because of you, but it's because of who's on your boat. So he said, you need to throw me off. So they throw Jonah off the boat, and they throw him off, and he gets eaten by the great fish. We call a whale, the Bible says a great fish, and he was in there for three days. There was a storm. The storm was raging, and God sent the fish. He sent it again. It says that God provided the fish. God provided it for Jonah. And I'm not sure how it happened, right, how he got the whale at the perfect time to swallow up Jonah right when he jumped off. But I'm like, he probably told the Jonah, he told the whale, go eat Jonah. And the whale's like, okay. And the whale had better sense to listen to, to listen to God than Jonah did. He listened to God and he obeyed and he was swallowed up. Jonah was swallowed up by the whale. And we can forget how bleak the situation probably was or how dark and scary because we've seen veggie tales. We've seen the end of the story and we know that he gets spit out and that Jonah's fine. But to think about being in a fish alone in a dark place, not knowing what is going to happen to you, not knowing that you're going to be saved. And that would probably be so terrifying to feel like everything's falling in, like you're being swallowed, like you're drowning. So he spends three days in the belly of the fish, and he's complaining, as I would probably be doing as well. He's complaining, and he's talking about in great detail the wheat, the seaweeds, and the waves, and everything that's happened to him. But then in verse 9, it changes. In verse 9, his, how he's talking changes and his perspective changes. It says in verse 9, But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. He said, I will shout with grateful praises. And it's not by coincidence that the next verse, Jonah was spit out by the whale. Because right when Jonah got grateful, he got out. Right when he changed his perspective, when he started to be grateful. And I've come tonight to tell somebody that when we get grateful, when we lift our hands, when we lift our eyes, when we start speaking life, instead of worrying about what we don't have, what we wish we have, when we say, I'm grateful for what I do have, God, our situation will turn. Because gratefulness is the gateway to the provision of God. Gratefulness is the gateway to the provision of God. Right when Jonah became grateful, he got out. The Lord provided the fish. And once again, he probably didn't see it as provision in that moment. Like, thank you, God, for this provision. Thank you for providing the fish that just ate me. He didn't see it that way right away. Because it takes time for us to see the problem as the provision. 
But God is calling us to shift our mindset, to shift our attitude towards an attitude of gratefulness. Because then we'll start seeing the storms. We'll start seeing the struggle. We'll start seeing the problem as actually what God is doing to grow us, what God is doing to empower us, to, to strengthen our testimony. Because what we're doing, God has a purpose. Everything we're going through, everything that you're experiencing tonight, this week, whatever you've been going through, God has a purpose for it. There is a purpose. And once we shift our attitude to gratefulness, we will see that. We will see the purpose. So Jonah goes to Nineveh. He gets spit out by the whale. He goes to Nineveh, and he has great success preaching, like huge success. Over 120,000 people repent. All those people that were killing and cutting off heads, cutting off noses, they all repent. 120,000, they repent and turn to God. And Jonah is still mad. Jonah is upset and he says, in the Bible, he says, I knew that you would have compassion on them, God. And he said, that's why I ran because I knew you would forgive them. I knew you would love them. Jonah didn't want them to be forgiven. He didn't want them to receive God's grace. He thought he could decide who received God's grace, who received God's favor. He made assumptions about that group of people, and he came to all kinds of conclusions about, oh, God can bless you, but he can't bless you. God can work in this situation, but he can't work in this situation. And we do that too. We put God in a box and we say, oh man, you can heal like this, but you probably can't heal like this. Or you can bless them like this, but you can't bless them like that. And we say, oh, you can speak through Pastor Landon to me, but you can't speak through a guest speaker to me. And we say that and we can feel that sometimes. We see somebody else getting blessed, getting what we want, getting what we've prayed for for so long, and we say, why are they getting the blessing? Why are they getting the favor? Why can't God do it to me? And we've limited our thinking because we put God in a box. Jonah put him in a box. He said, this is what God can do. You shouldn't bless them. He wanted them to be destroyed. They didn't deserve God's mercy in his eyes. And I think when I would read that part of Jonah being angry and sitting on the side of the road and all of that part where he's so angry at God and so frustrated, and, and I kind of cringe at it, like, Jonah, do you even know what just happened? Like, all those people repented, and I can't believe it, but I think that I've probably felt that way too, that I've felt angry when someone else got what I prayed for, when somebody else received the favor. And we can relate to Jonah. And there will always be a boat. There will always be a boat. As I close tonight, I want to just encourage you that there will be a boat for you to get on. Jonah went to the port, and there was two boats. He could have gotten on the boat to where God called him. And he could have gotten on the boat to disobey, but he chose the boat. And there will always come a time because what you may be feeling right now, what God is speaking to you, it may not be something huge like moving to a different country or changing your career, but it could be to read your word more. It could be to be, di be more disciplined. 
It could be to pray for your coworkers. It could be to take the spiritual authority in your family. It could be anything. It could be to pray for that one person. It could be to reach out, to reconcile a relationship. Whatever God is speaking to you, it could be anything. And God is saying there is a boat that you can get on. There will always be a boat because you can say, man, I'm going to stop gossiping. I'm going to start speaking life wherever I go, whoever I talk to. And then when you get home tonight from church, the girlfriends are going to call, right? And they're going to say, oh, let me tell you. And there's going to be a boat. There's going to be a choice. We'll say, man, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to read my word every night. And then somebody sends you something and you start scrolling and you just keep going and it spends hours and and there's going to be a boat, but it's our decision of what boat that we get on. And there's three, three points to help us stay on the right boat. The last three points are one, intimacy with God. Intimacy with God will help us to stay on the right boat. And intimacy means into me see. Into me see. We want to have an intimate relationship with God. To not just know what he's done or to hear how other people talk about him, but to have that closeness, to have that relationship. And it starts with prayer. We're going to start 21 days of prayer and fasting in August and start thinking, start praying, start growing your relationship because God wants that intimate relationship with you and that will keep you on the right boat. The second point is Bible application. Bible application and it's application because it's not just reading the word or memorizing scripture, but it's actually applying it to your life because the blessing isn't in the knowing The blessing is in the doing. It's when we know the word. It should change us and transform us. We should never hear, oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. But we should know and know the word and be transformed by it and be renewed by it every day and live it out. And then the third point, the last point is community with believers. My community has kept me on the right boat. How could I go years through college and not get dragged into the partying and the drinking and all of that scene because I had the right community. I had the right people around me to encourage me to speak life to me. We have to have the community because Jonah went to the port and he found a crew of guys and they took him on their ship. They weren't his family. They weren't his friends. It wasn't his life group at Bridge Church. They weren't the people that were close to him. It wasn't believers that he could go to, that he could talk to. Because who we are around, we have to be so intentional about the community. Because that will determine what boat we get on. And that will help us stay on the right boat. Because if we don't know where we're going, people will gladly take us on anywhere that they're going. They'll take us onto their boat. So tonight... I want to encourage you to have the intimate relationship with God. Have that intimacy and and apply the word of God to our life and to trust him. Because I know some of us have, we've felt the Jonah moment. And if we haven't felt it yet, one day we're probably going to. Because we can all relate to Jonah and we all know that we've had that moment where we feel 
alone or we feel a, we feel darkness or we don't know what our next step is in life or we don't know what boat we're supposed to get on but know that God is not giving up on you that he could have let Jonah die in the water he could have picked another man he could have done so many things but he saved Jonah he rescued Jonah because he wanted to use Jonah and he wants to use you every person under the sound of my voice he wants to use you God will provide. He provided the storm. He provided the boat. And it may not always look like we think, but God will provide and he will rescue us because it's all out of love. And that's the best part is that everything God does is out of love. For me, I grew up going to church. I was homeschooled half my life. I was a good kid. And whenever the pastor would get up and start to talk about obedience, I would get sick to my stomach. I would get so scared and I would be afraid. And I didn't really know why for so long. And I think once I realized it, it was because I thought that he would call me to do something scary or call me to do something I wasn't equipped to do. And I didn't really know the father that I was obeying, right? I didn't know the father that was asking me to do something or to step out or to pray for somebody because when you actually know who God is and how much he loves you, obedience is so much greater than you can imagine. Obedience has so much joy attached to it and it's so much easier when we know the father that is calling us to do that. And Jonah fell short. And we all fall short at times. We all are not perfect, and that's why we have a perfect God. We can feel like, man, somebody should be living my life. Somebody else would be doing a better job, or someone would be a better wife, a better husband, a better mom. Somebody would be doing a better job. But God has called you for such a time as this. God has called you specifically to the ministry, to the workplace, to the family, to your friends. He has called you to where you're at. He has a plan and a purpose. And as you stand tonight, I want you to stand up and I want to read this verse over you from Psalms 139. Because Jonah probably thought at times, man, God has left me. God is not with me anymore. I'm all alone. I'm doing this. I ran from him, and now I've got to figure it out. But we never can run from his presence. Amen. He's always with us. He's always there. And Psalms 139.7, it says, where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. No matter where we go, we are with God and his presence is with us. So tonight, I pray that you are encouraged. If you're in the Jonah moment, if you related to Jonah at all, to know that God will provide, that God will rescue you, that he sees the storm you're in, and he sees the outcome. He sees how you're going to come out of it. And once we shift to gratefulness, God can move in our life. God can shift our perspective. So tonight, I thank you, God, for your word. And I pray over every heart and over every soul, God, that you will 
would encourage us tonight, that you would lift us up, God, that you would speak a new word, God, that you would speak a word of peace, God, that you would speak a word of strength, God, somebody that is doubting their calling right now, somebody that is doubting that they even have a purpose right now, God, that you would speak to them that there is purpose for their life, that you have created them for a purpose, for a design, Lord, and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you for all the leaders in this room, God, leaders that are going to change the world, leaders that are going to change the generations to come. And I pray that you would encourage us tonight, God, that you would strengthen us and carry us through the rest of this week, God, that you would speak to us a new word, that we would turn our eyes and shift our hearts towards an attitude of gratefulness, God. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for this place and this house and this community, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name, Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You give God some praise for the word. Thank you. We're so glad that you were able to join us tonight. And I just pray as you continue this week, you think of Jonah and you think of being in the fish and being in the belly and know that you are not alone, that God is with you and he's rescuing you. He's providing for you and that you would have an amazing blessed week. Our mission team leaves for Mexico tomorrow. So make sure to be praying for them. They're going to have an incredible time. So be praying for them and Make sure to stay connected this week and be here Sunday. It's going to be an incredible word, but we're going to speak this bridge declaration over ourselves, over our life, and over our week, and then we'll be dismissed. I am a bridge builder. This is my season of favor. I am blessed to live my best. I will choose to love him first. I will worship fully, love deeply, and my community will thrive because I am praying for it. I am a carrier of peace. I will represent God's gentleness to myself and others. I will live out his gospel. I am blessed to live my best because I am a bridge builder. We love you, Bridge Fam. We are so glad that you joined us today. If you made a spiritual decision today, whether that be dedicating your life to Christ for the first time or rededicating your life to Christ, Email us at info at wearebridge.church and let us know you made that spiritual decision. Also, if you are joining our Bridge Church online family for the very first time, we have a special gift for you. Email us at info at wearebridge.church to share some information so we can get that gift out to you. We're so happy that you joined us today and we can't wait to see you soon. Make sure to stay connected because we are so much better together. You are